61 degrees, 30 minutes west. 60 degrees, 10 minutes south. South Shetland Islands. 0600 hours. Temperature, 5 degrees Fahrenheit. Wind speed, zero. It's almost like being on another planet. Stranger than anything I ever imagined. The ocean was frozen. The air was steel and cold. A distant fog blurred the horizon. It was hard to tell where the ocean stopped and the sky started. The window, covered with a thick layer of frost, was a ghostly white. They were on a ghost ship sailing a frozen sea. Sheets of ice, three and four feet high and broad as parking lots, lifted and tilted on the rolling swells. The ship was plowing its way through, leaving a trail of dark, open water in its way. This is pack ice, Dr. Michael said. During the winter, the sea freezes for hundreds of miles around Antarctica. Last night's storm and the warmer weather is helping to break it up. A chorus of loud barking came from the other side of the ship. John and his mother hurried across and looked over the edge. Dozens of large, sleek seals were jumping on and off the pack ice near the ship. Crab-eater seals, and look! See the pups? Dr. Michaels pointed at several babies. What are they doing? Hunting for krill. What's krill? Their food. Tiny crustaceans, like shrimp. There are billions of them in the Antarctic Ocean. How can seals live in freezing water? They have several inches of fat under their skin that keeps them warm. It also helps them float, and it fills out their shapes so they can swim fast. It's one reason so many were slaughtered. Slaughtered. John couldn't imagine these graceful creatures being killed for anything. Why? For their fur and blubber. Seal and whale hunters were the first people to come to the Antarctic. And back in the early 1800s, British and American sealers killed and butchered millions of fur seals, elephant seals, and whales. Coats made of seal fur used to be popular. And whale and seal blubber had a number of uses. Now there are laws that protect them, but it may be too late for some. I know some kinds of whales are close to extinction. John said. His mother nodded. Humpback whales, bull whales, even the mighty blue whales. Scientists estimate there are less than 6,000 blue whales left. John and his mother had swum and dived in many of the world's oceans, and always the whales had been welcome companions. He'd listened to the strange and wonderful songs of the humpbacks many times, wondering just what the marvelous creatures were singing about. And although he'd never seen a blue whale, the thought of the biggest animal that ever lived, larger even than the largest dinosaurs being hunted to extinction, was painful. Spotting a large shape in the distance ahead, he shaded his eyes to see better. Is that a mountain? It's a mountain, all right, Dr. Michael said. Of ice. An iceberg. It's called a tabular iceberg because it's flat on top, like a table. It was a hundred feet tall, four miles long, and a brilliant blue-white in color. John watched the massive shape as the ship drew near. It's huge. Is it frozen seawater like the pack ice? No, it's fresh water, frozen snow and ice, broken off from one of Antarctica's ice shelves or glaciers. But this one's not too big. A few years ago, there was one more than 90 miles long as big as the state of Connecticut, and 130 feet high. Of course, most of an iceberg is under the water, so it's actually about four times deeper than what you see. And Antarctica is covered by ice that thick? Almost all of it. More than 90% of all the ice in the world is in Antarctica. Plus, there's as much fresh water in Antarctica's ice as in all the world's rivers and lakes. 
The colossal floating sculpture glided by. The wind and waves had hollowed out fantastic shapes, caves and tunnels near the base, sharp-edged curves, glistening mirrored faces, jagged edges, fins, knife points. John noticed one steep edge had been scooped out, leaving a shelf of ice five or six feet above the water. Incredibly, as he watched, black and white bullet shapes began popping out of the water and landing on the shelf one after the other. Penguins! He shouted. Those are chinstrap penguins. I'll bet they're called that because of the black band under their chin. Will we see more? There are millions of penguins in Antarctica. Emperors, Adelis, chinstraps, gentoos. I imagine we'll see some of their rookeries later on. What's a rookery? The places where they breed and raise their young. Some rookeries have more than a million penguins. Well, I need to see how Merv weathered the storm. You grab some breakfast. We'll be at Deception Island this afternoon, and we can do some swimming. She walked forward to where the little yellow sub was tied down, leaving John to look after her curiously. The iceberg drifted by like a shining ice palace. The windover was surrounded by pack ice as far as the eye could see. Swim! John laughed. What a joke. Island, 2100 hours. Temperature 27 degrees Fahrenheit. Wind speed 5 miles per hour. Can you believe I'm going to go swimming in a volcano? The Windover was anchored in the lagoon which had been formed when the crater of Deception Island volcano collapsed and sunk. John and his mother were circling the lagoon in an inflatable boat. Almost 2,000 feet overhead was the snow capped peak of the island. Large birds, Antarctic terns, wheeled and cried in the air, their white wings glistening like bright sparks of fire. Dr. Michaels pointed out the ruins of a Norwegian whaling station built in the early last century, a grim reminder of the time when whales were hunted and killed by the thousands. Farther down the shore, John saw a jumble of fire-blackened buildings. What happened there? The volcano happened. That's what's left of a Chilean scientific station. Chile, Argentina, and Great Britain had outposts here. But when the volcano erupted in 1967, everyone was forced to leave. A few minutes later, she nosed the boat up onto the beach at Fumarole Bay and shut the engine off. The coarse lava and cinder rocks crunched underfoot as they stepped out. Moss grew in long green strips next to steaming cracks. Parts of the beach were too hot to walk on. The water, heated by the same underground volcanic activity, was almost 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Before long, they were waist-deep in water as warm as a hot tub. Two large ships were making their way through the harbor entrance. The decks were lined with curious passengers. I didn't know they had tour boats in Antarctica. John said to his mother. Chile and Argentina started tours in the late 1950s. Many countries have them now. They're very controversial. Why? Some people think when tourists see Antarctica, they'll understand how important it is to keep it clean and natural, and what a unique place it is for scientific research. Others think Antarctica should be left untouched by man. They're afraid tourists will interfere with the environment, disturb penguin and seal breeding grounds, and leave litter behind. The more people who come here, the more chance there is for environmental damage. 
There's already been an oil spill from a ship that ran aground near Palmer Station. It polluted the water and killed wildlife. John watched as the ships anchored and began lowering boats. Dozens of passengers climbed aboard, eager for their chance to swim in the volcano. John didn't know who was right about the tourists. He just knew he wouldn't have wanted to miss his chance. October 14th, 64 degrees west, 64 degrees 30 minutes south. Anvers Island, Palmer Station, 2200 hours. Temperature, 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Wind speed, 5 miles per hour. The cheeseburgers are great. The scientists are pretty cool. And the hot tub is neat. But you can have the skewers. And those elephant seals. Don't forget your skewer stick. Dr. Michael said. My what? She handed him a long ski hole. Just in case. Schools built their nests all over the place, and if you get too near, they get mad. Watch out for their claws and their... She gave him an odd grin. Sometimes they dive bomb people with, uh, you know... You mean like pigeon poop? Exactly. And their aim is very accurate. <laughs> I'll be careful. John said, laughing. He left the mess hall and walked past the dormitory building, deciding to hike the short distance to the foot of the glacier behind the station. He never made it that far. Even though he was being careful, he must have stepped too near a nest. Suddenly, he heard a loud flapping of wings and angry screeching. He looked up just in time to duck as a large bird dived at his head. Then the air seemed filled with screaming birds and flapping wings as half a dozen outraged skuas descended on him. After keeping them back with his skua stick and dodging their messy droppings, John decided he could wait to see the glacier another day. But what began as a...